This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk with me, Dan Clark. Now, I have been away for a couple of weeks and my, 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 what a few weeks it's been. There's literally not enough airtime to cover the amount of news that seems to be vomiting onto the world on a daily basis. I mean, what is going on? We had the referendum, the fallout afterwards, Boris, Gove, Farage, 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 <laughs> all proving to be total bellends. Uh, the Chilcot inquiry, the bombings in Istanbul and Baghdad, Trump continuing to be a total manic- maniac. I mean, did you hear him complimenting Saddam Hussein's tactics the other day? And uh, it's what's go- I'm just I, I think I might just go away for it. I'm going to check out of society. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for a little bit of joy in the form of Wales doing so well in the Euros, which, by the way, for me to say that as a non-sports fan, but yet, I, you know, I just loved the uh, the fact that they did so well. And uh, Murray is looking like he's going to uh, go all the way again, although that's now going to have complications because if Scotland get what they want and leave, then us English, little Englanders, we won't be able to say he's British anymore. He'll just be Scottish even when he does win. It's, uh, what's going on? I'm, I'm terrified. So thank God for TV and movies, which cheer us up. And uh, thank God for today's guests, who are both very funny, lovely people. Uh, in a second, I'll have my old marker, James Gill, here chatting about film news. And uh, in a while, I'll be chatting to Tom Davis, star of BBC Three's Murder in Successville. Um, but first of all, here's a song. This is by Eddie Vedder. Of uh, Pearl Jam, and it's from the film soundtrack Into the Wild, which he wrote all uh, but two of the songs are covers, but all the album was written specifically for the film directed by Sean Penn, Into the Wild. And Eddie plays every single instrument himself, which gives it this wonderful sort of um, recorded in my garage feel. Uh, I'm a big fan, and I love this album. I know a lot of people who don't like Pearl Jam, but they love this album. So if you're not a Pearl Jam lover, check out this album. It has a very Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan feel. And the film is about escaping society, which I think is something we're all thinking about right now. Uh, This is Society by Eddie Vedder. Beautiful. Some might say depressing, but I think beautiful. All about checking out. Would you like to check out, or now that you have a kid, are you... Do you need societies? I think if I checked out of society, that would make me a very bad dad. (laughs) (laughs) Where's daddy? He's literally never coming back. Yeah. Well, you could do a mosquito coast. and Take uh, it with me. Take... Go and live off the land somewhere. Okay, yeah. Let's um, so you're like we. You touched upon this on a, uh, on a, a, a chat we had before that you're a big Pearl Jam fan. Something I have noticed is in this country, or certainly with the people I have been friends with over the years, they're not a massively popular band amongst the people I know. Even though, and they're not always in the news and or uh, in front of magazines and stuff, and yet they have this ridiculously massive following. And when I found out you like them as well, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I love Pearl Jam so hard that if I actually thought about it, I reckon I could burst into tears. They mean so much to me. I've yeah. loved them since I was 12, 13 years old. And they have grown up with me, with you. Yeah. That you know, their music has changed. They, they started out very angry and intense, and while the intensity remains, they seem like 
happy dudes. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of their more recent songs are, are positively joyous. Well, I would say one of the things that frustrates me about them, you know, like you get some bands that had one hit that doesn't reflect the rest of their catalogue, mm-hmm. but people just think that's what they are. Because they withdrew from the spotlight in the early 90s because they were like, I can't handle being this famous. I, I, but I admire them for that. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. But everyone always says... Um, I think if you mention, even just say the name, they think of them in the early 90s. They, think they, they go, oh, Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they don't know all the other, like, ten albums that they made and how much they changed because they just shied away from the... It was only the people that followed them that saw the change. And saw their best ever work. Um, and- yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I look back on that stuff and now you think, wow, that is... It's pretty dated, but... Uh, I mean, Versus, the, the second album, I think, was the f- the fastest-selling album in American time, history. Yeah. It, it, I think it sold something like was it, a million in a week. Yeah. It, like, ridiculous numbers, and I think Pearl Jam collectively went, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's what they would put their longevity down to. That's also, why they're still around now. It didn't help that um, Kurt Cobain slagged them off uh, a little bit in the early days. Sure. Um, because they were Nirvana was so clearly the cool punk band... Um, but I just think Eddie Vedder is a soulful, beautiful songwriter, and uh, I'm gently in love with him. I would love to meet him, but yeah. I know that I would sob like a <laughs> late 80s era Michael Jackson fan. It'd be too much for me to take in. Yeah. Aww. So if I met Vedder, yeah. oh my God, I just shudder to think. I'd, I'd explode, I think. I think I would probably wet myself. Why does he do that? Why? Anyway, listen, because, we're really off brand why, here. We're, because they they perform from their heart and their soul. That's why they which mean is something, so much. Which is something that is that doesn't happen anymore. No. Like music that means something, like where people so sing about issues and politics, or you know, like or even love songs, but that come from some some deeper place is seen as a bit naff. Or like we're so afraid to be earnest about stuff. I Meanwhile, mean, and yet it's the perfect time to write stuff like that absolutely meanwhile you and me sobbing on the number 59 bus as well <laughs> the, the, uh, Bree, um, Just Breathe was the first song at, at my wedding because our oh. first dance and the, the DJ got it wrong this is this is a niche Pearl Jam joke uh, so I'd written down Just Breathe and he, put breathe. And he played Breathe yeah. which if you're a Pearl Jam fan you will know is a yeah. very different song Oh dear. Okay, well listen, let's talk about films and television because that's what this show's about. <laughs> but we could do a one hour special on oh, our love for easily. all the boys. Um, okay, so just before we talk about news, I want to quickly mention to you a film I saw the other day okay. that really surprised me. And I might get a bit of a sort of, you know, frowns from this. I don't know if you've seen it. The film No Escape. With Owen Wilson. Yeah, and I've Lake seen Mount. it. I've seen it. And Piers Brosnan. And Piers Brosnan. I thought now, Piers Brosnan was wonderful in that. Now, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed yeah, this I film. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Why did it just suddenly appear on Netflix, but n- it was nowhere else uh, before? It was at the cinema for about an hour. <laughs> was it? Did it actually yeah, get it, a release? it had a cinematic release, but a brief one, and not many people saw it. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. It was very tense. I mean, the scene where they have to... I'm not spoiling it because it happens quite early yeah. on. The scene where they have to throw their children from one building onto oh, another. No. You can oh, barely... You, you can't take your eyes off the script. No. Um, strongly recommend it. I, I agree. I felt it's got problems. A bit too slow too much slow-mo at some points uh, Piers Brosnan who is amazing in it tonally it's not quite the same film when he pops up a bit but the t- I, it made me realise why I have a bit of a problem with how many, how many sort of fantasy and superhero films there are because it was the first time I'd watched a sort of action film in, yeah. in inverted commas that where I was literally tense watching yeah. it because I because it's about two ordinary people right. in a you know in a really extreme situation I was like 
the whole time going, fuck, what would I do? Could yeah. I do that? Could I throw a child oh, across? You know, yeah, all absolutely. those things. I thought, I, why? I can't remember the last time I saw a film that really put you in the situation like I, I that. I would say uh, Captain Phillips is probably yeah. the most ultimate example of a film. Because often yeah, those kind of tense thrillers, they ebb and flow, they'll let you off for ten minutes. Yeah. Captain Phillips from pretty oh much minute one to the very end, <laughs> you are gripped onto the armrest. And then your a prize for sticking with that intense um, journey is to see Hanks have an amazing breakdown, which is so emotional. It's like, I walked out of that film, we're reviewing old films here, but, but I walked out of that film just totally like uh, I've been battered but yeah. in a good way that that film did not get the love it deserved I, th- mm. I think that will will be remembered as a minor classic in, yeah. in years to come amazing so um, what is new out there James so I think that uh, what is news I guess I well I, th- I think Oscar I mean this is July and the fact that I'm going to say the word Oscar and not refer to a disgraced South African athlete is, <laughs> is quite incredible um, I think Oscar season is starting even earlier. So I've seen a couple of films recently that I think... So normally Oscar season, as we know, tends to kick in from about November onwards because mm-hmm. the thinking there is that by the time we get to the Academy Awards in February, films have built up that nice level of momentum get going into that. And everyone has a short memory, so they won't remember films as far back as... Exactly. August. Exactly. So, yeah. so I wonder if it's a case of a couple of studios thinking, well, if we get our homework handed in early... Mm. We might get extra marks. So, but uh, doesn't that go against the grain? Well, is we'll that f- a risk, do you think? It is a risk, but we're going to find out if it's going to pay off, I suppose. Yeah. So I saw a film last night called Hell or High Water, and my goodness, that's, that is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, man, I, I was meant to go so with that, so I'm gutted you're so saying Dan, this. Dan Clark was supposed to be my plus one last night, oh. and I thought, because on paper it's, it's, it's a heist movie, and you think, well, it might be okay. Yeah, but and I then, love the trailer. And then as the film was playing out, I kept thinking, oh, Dan. <laughs> oh, Dan. Um, so I, I, I would predict that Hell or High Water... I think you can expect Jeff Bridges to have at least a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Mm-hmm. He is wonderful. There's one actor in that film who, for years, I think is wonderful, and it's Ben Foster. Yes. Now, when oh, that guy... Yes. It, I'm, so emotional about, so I'm so emotional about Ben Foster. Ben Foster is wonderful. So, he, <laughs> yes. it, so him and Chris Pine play brothers who are bank robbers, and Jeff Bridges is uh, a Texas Ranger who has to go after them. It is going to get compared to No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally preferred it to No Country for Old Men. Wow. It's from the Big director... Words. Yes, indeed. It's from the director of Startup, which is a... Yeah. Racking film. Oh, what is going on with me? <laughs> Puberty, live on air. Yeah, um, so when that comes out, that, when that comes out in a few weeks, go check it out. And then another film is uh, Born to Be Blue, which I have written about in next week's shortlist. So check that out. Ethan Hawke has been nominated for Oscars, I believe, f- four times now, including writing credits. Mm-hmm. So this could be another nomination. He is incredible. As Chet Baker. So when you uh, say that you think Oscar season is starting to, or like Oscar talk is yes. beginning earlier each year, have you heard people talk about Oscars, or is yes. this just you? No, sitting no, there no. Going, I have, I have heard right. people talking about Oscars. So I think if this pays off, and if I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but, but technically that is why I am on the show to try mm-hmm. and make a good call. So a few weeks ago, I talked about the the China thing, and then we are starting to see more and more of that. So Dwayne Johnson's next movie or one he's making next year will be shot in China. So you know that is a trend that is happening. So yeah. what I'm saying is, if Ethan Hawke ends up getting nominated for Best Actor, and if Hell or High Water gets, say, nominated for Best Screenplay or Best Supporting Actor, 
maybe other studios will think, well, maybe we should mm-hmm. get our films out in summer. Cause, so, because what happens is you do have that bottleneck situation where Christmas and beyond is just chocker with Oscar contenders and some really good movies. Captain Phillips would be a good example. Just don't quite make it make all it the through. way. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, can those, because it's, you know, historically it's the smaller, as in the um, the non-box office yes. tempole movies that get Oscar nominated, if you put them out in the tentpole season, will they do they stand more of a chance to be seen or or less? Well, I mean that that's a good question because this summer has been a very up and down summer for blockbusters. So some have done well, some have have badly underperformed. What's, so what's done well? Finding Dory has absolutely torn okay. it up in the US, yeah. whereas a film I enjoyed a great deal, uh, Independence Day Resurgence, is currently underperforming. So it hasn't been it hasn't been wall to wall blockbuster smashes this summer. So I would say that this year is quite a canny year to get out those Oscar contenders quite early. Uh, well, I I kind of trying to work out in my head whether I like the idea of spreading out the more typically the films I like across the year or whether I like that sort of embarrassment of riches at the I, end I of I would the say year. it's better to spread out because otherwise there are only so many films we can all see so uh, I, I say spreading out is a very good thing hmm I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna okay add to the spreading out uh, okay yeah I, I offered that up yeah. and you you put you a strange correctly, image in my head correctly declined. I think you should spread out more I should spread uh, out more uh, so um, Finding Dory a massive smash hit in the US, it's yet to open here. Yeah. Uh, it is it is joyous. I loved it a great deal. I think it was as good as Finding Nemo. So is Nemo in Dory? Yes. Okay. That's, don't, no spoilers, but... No, I, I, I will not spoil it. Please go see it. But Dory is... Uh, so Ellen, De- Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, and it's the, she, she was the fish that forgets every couple of minutes, right? Is that right? Yes, and that, that is, that is a, a, a huge plot device in the movie. Okay. Please, please go check it out. So I took my it's quite w- handy, actually, to have that trait for I a mean, plot device, isn't it? I, I thought you could it, just start at any point mate, and restart I was, again. I was about two minutes into the film and I thought, oh, that's worked out well. <laughs> um, so I took my one-year-old daughter to go see that. So a lot of friends were saying... You're, you're doing what? You're taking a baby to the cinema. Uh, and it worked, it, it worked a treat. So if you have very young children, maybe it's because it's fish and it's very bright colours and it's very funny voices, uh, they will be entertained for the full hour and three quarters. So uh, that would be a huge uh, family tip from me, would be Finding Dory. Fantastic. We, d- we do keep talking about um, discussing our favourite Disney films and we've never quite done it. I mean, do you want to attempt it in a... So what would be your favourite ever Disney movie? Oh, it's a bit predictable. I'll, I'll, I'll go first, if you like. I'll, yeah. re- I'll spread out first. Yeah, go on. Uh, I would say the original Jungle Book, although I haven't seen it for a few years. I came up with two. And St- Dan, we are separate. I would have, you know what, I'd have gone with the other one as well. Mary yeah. Poppins. Mary Poppins or the Jungle Book yeah. are my two. So my mum, my, my yep. bless her, told me that she showed my nephews, again, sorry if this mental image, Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And she was surprised by how poorly it had aged. It, she says it takes a lot longer to get... The two lads lasted about ten minutes and they were out of there. Yeah. Because in an age of uh, very short attention spans, uh, it takes a while to get going. It's interesting because I do... I, I can totally see that because obviously it's on every year on TV at some point and I always end up watching it. And it is... I think it's dated as in aged in terms of its craft and, and aesthetically brilliantly like it still looks like a beautiful masterpiece 
but it is fucking slow yeah. by today's yeah. family film standards. It's amazing, isn't it? That yeah. happens a lot, doesn't it, when you rewatch a, yeah. a classic from when you were young. You're like, when is oh this going to get going? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I think the, the bits where they blend the, the, the cartoon and the, uh, the, the the real life is phenomenal. That still holds up. Mm-hmm. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, that mm-hmm. whole scene, it's a jolly holiday. They still hold up, which, oh. is, uh, which is astonishing. Step won- in time, come on. Step in time! Oh my god. Oh, holy pals! She won the Oscar for that, didn't she? Did she? I think she did, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that? So. What, a musical winning... Uh, music, An performance. animated musical winning... winning. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm not saying she didn't deserve it. Someone who gets knocked in this country because of his Cockney accent is Dick Van Dyke. His performance in that film yeah, is so phenomenal. Good. The physicality... I know he's claimed that he was a bit carsied while he was making it. No, Dick, you are wonderful in that film. Take full responsibility yeah, for your and, awesomeness. And he plays the old character as That's well. That's right. Which is just like just goes to show what an amazing comedy performer he was. Uh, one of the great. I, I loved his performance so much. I just ripped a chair out of the floor. I apologise. Uh, so I was um, looking through Disney films on Wikipedia, the reliable uh, website. Yes. Um, with everything on it, I couldn't believe uh, how bad Disney films get in the eighties. Oh, they went through a real they went really bad, really bad time. But the Black Cauldron, um, yeah, I mean, like I've got Basil the, the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, I mean, that was a that was a classic. No. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but the the era I really uh, like, even though it's not considered classic, was the seventies when they started doing live action screwball comedies like the Herbie Goes Bananas films love and that film. Strongest the Man in the World, yes. all those sorts the of the Kurt Russell movies. Yeah. He was banging them out as well. Bless him. Yeah. I mean, I forgot about that. Like, that has a real, like, feel. And Whereas the 80s just was like, it, it doesn't have that nostalgia quality that, I don't know what it is. It was too young. For, I would have watched those 70s films in the 80s when I was a kid. Ditto. Um, but there's something really sort of lovely about that. About Maybe because it transports us both back to when we were nippers. I wonder if uh, one of those Herbie films would play, how that would play in front of kids now. Well, they rebooted it, didn't they, with Lindsay Lohan and Michael oh, yeah. Keaton. What an odd, odd trio that... Carl, Herbie, Lindsay, Keaton, and Lowen <laughs> together at last. Uh, so well, then, well, that, very quickly, Disney then roared back in the 90s yes. with Aladdin, The Lion King, etc. Um, what was uh, Beauty and the Beast? Did they do that one then? Yeah, that was, no. that, was a, that was a big one. That was, hang on, was that, not, was that nominated for Best Picture? No, it might have been. Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Aladdin, that's a, that is a holy trinity. Do you know, I've never seen The Lion King. What? I said I've never seen The oh Lion God. King. I heard it. I just don't believe it. You will love it, my friend. <laughs> oh, you'll be singing your heart out. Really? It's a circle of love. I'm sorry, Elton. I am yeah. so sorry because I know he's a listener. It's <laughs> wonderful. And go see it live if you can. So what else have you got for us? News, reviews. Did you, have you seen anything uh, in the last week? Yeah, well, I've some? mentioned a couple there. Mm-hmm. With, uh, it's a Born to be Blue. It's probably embargoed, so I better mm-hmm. be careful what I say. But. Oh, okay. uh, I think I can say, oh, I better be careful. No, just, I better be careful. Think, you can probably tell that I... I don't want us to get sued. You can probably tell that I enjoyed it, yeah. but uh, maybe even that is saying too much. Um, so what, one thing I was going to talk about, you have the Star Wars celebration coming up. Oh, yes, which you are going to. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. So that is next weekend. So I think I think there are a couple of tickets left, not many. So it, it takes place on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with different events and people giving lectures and you'll get to meet your heroes, etc., uh, and I think some more details will be revealed for Rogue One. And I think possibly some details will come out about Episode 8. So if you are a Star Wars fan... Who isn't? But I mean, we, I mean some, you do meet the odd person who are not... 
Yeah, who aren't Star bothered Wars by things? it, yeah. So that will be very exciting indeed. I will report back on what happens So will there, there be things like um, people demonstrating how uh, they designed, uh, like, animatronics? Or, it's that or sort of it, thing. Yeah. And then, so it's all that. It's all the technical side of it. But then also they will, be, they will have, as you can see on the website, people like Mark Hamill will be there to say a few words. Carrie Fisher will be saying a few words. Um, um, the, Rian Johnson, who's directed episode eight, I believe, will be there. I'm sure there'll be more details coming out about the su- this quite literally the solo Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a Star Wars fan, it, that, I mean that will be one to get down to. I'm really excited about episode eight because I love. And, and weirdly, I've met people that didn't love it, but I adored Looper. Yes, indeed. No? Terrific. No, absolutely. Oh, okay, the pause Johnson, made me think. Rian Johnson's wonderful. I mean, what an exciting choice. And, and Brick is a fantastic film as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, so the and I know you said that there were some slight uh, complications with Rogue One, but I'm really excited by that as we, well. We still believe. Yeah, we believe. We believe. Now that we know Vader's definitely. So that's been involved. confirmed. Vader yeah. is definitely back. This is great. Okay, well look, uh, James, thanks for joining me. I feel like it's been too long. Yeah, it's been too long. It's yeah. always lovely to see you. Yeah. And listeners, um, please know that Dan's tan is Dan's back tan. with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, here we have another I've decided to, to pick another song from Into the Wild the Eddie Vedder soundtrack uh, after this we'll be chatting to Tom Davis uh, this is Hard Sun so joining me now in the studio in inverted commas uh, is the uh, wonderful actor comedian writer and ex-carpenter Scaffolder. Scaffolder. I'll take Carpenter. Yeah? It's a hell of a trade, Carpenter. <laughs> I've had some done at my house recently. It's a, it's a really good trade. Is it something that you uh, sort of look back on? in your? Well, first of all, I should sort of just make sure everyone knows who I'm talking to <laughs> and that I'm not actually talking to a Scaffolder who wishes he was an actor, writer, comedian. Yeah, <laughs> illusions of grandeur. Uh, I have with me Tom Davis, who you will know from his various roles on the television, uh, including uh, Plebs, Cockroaches, The Keith Lemon Show, Lemon La Vida Loca, Bad Education, and of course, currently airing Murder in Successful, yeah. Successful, which you are a creator of, right? Do you uh, write I well? won't take all the credit for creating. I'm sort of a, I'm, I'm there, I'm, it's, it's been me and a, an There's amazing There's no one group. here to dispute it if you um, want to take I'll it. I'll take the credit then. <laughs> I'll happily take it. No, I'm a part of a very amazing team, along with... Uh, a producer called Avril Spowery and Andy Brereton. It's a sort of a group of us. Have were you sort of nurtured uh, it? And were you there at the inception? Yeah, I mean, I think about four years ago they first sort of brought me the idea of doing a sort of murder mystery. The mm-hmm. first sort of uh, celebrities would come in, and it sort of went through quite a lot of different, you know, different forms to end up with what you see now. Um, James Defond, who's the director, sort of came on board to make it a lot more noir esque, and yeah, but they, yeah, I've been with it since, yeah. I think Johnny Vegas and other people turned it down. <laughs> um, so it's been 10 years in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it always to have uh, famous people at, as the guests? Yeah, uh, that was always... Because I could see a version where it's members of the public as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we've talked now about doing it with members of the public. Mm. I, I think that the, the beauty of it with celebrities, I think, is that you see a weird side or, or a real side to them that they you don't often see... a if you ever do a uh, a chat show or a panel show, you're very formatted and you yeah. know what's coming. And I think the thing that's nice about Murder and Successful is your guard sort of very up and then as you slowly got more comfortable with it, you sort of start seeing the real them. 
Um, and also that sort of moment of unexpectation, not, not having no idea what's going to th be thrown at you, it sort of opens something up. It's very real. What? But surely there's an element of, because it's all shot and looks nice, that you have to do retakes and things, right? Uh, it's ever, only ever twice. Really? The first reaction. Do you have of lots theirs, of cameras? We have three. Yeah. yeah, three cameras. So the first reaction that you see of theirs is pretty much what we yeah. primarily use. Uh, and then so we'll you don't do. Go, Could you look shocked again? No. <laughs> the beauty of it is, is I always think it's a bit like, uh, you know, the, at Blackpool you've got the haunted house, yeah. the house of horrors that you go around, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So that those moments are the priceless. And what we always found is the second time you do it, especially if you ever have to do it for a third for any, you know, maybe a cameraman gets in the background or a sound guy, mm -hmm. uh, it's not really happened much, but they know what's coming, and then they start acting. That first time when you first see that raw sort of oh, fuck, yeah. like that, I think at the moment in series one, say for example with Jamie Lang, where he's in with the car twins and they go crazy and he's genuinely petrified. Really? Yeah, because he, he, he done he, as much as you know. There's moments with Mark Wright in this series. He knows that he's not going to get shot. Yeah. Or uh, thrown out of a window, but he he doesn't really know what exactly is coming. So there's there's a you're really on your toes. And I think you sort of like say I was use Mark's a great example. Of I've watched Mark on TV and you know many different bits of what he's done, but I think in in Murder and Successful, you, when he breaks and he laughs, it's lovely because mm. that's him. You know, that's 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 who he is, I guess. So in a way, even though it's completely constructed and it, there's an artifice, you think you get almost more rea like yeah. more more of a truth from them. I think so. I think I mean that was the thing that you know me and the producers really talked about was was trying to find a way of having a show where you could see a different side of someone. And I, I think that moment when they come in the office, most of the time I've never met them before. I might have sort of seen them another shoot or whatever, but I've never really talked to them. And I'm asleep for the whole time. So from that from that moment is me working them out and then working me out. And mm. it's essentially like every cop movie you'd watch. It always starts off with the two of you sort of having a little bit of a sort of like locking horns, yeah. but usually ends up with us being quite good friends. So. Uh, <laughs> Has there it's been anyone you haven't gelled with um, that you don't uh, mind saying? In not that I'd, I'd throw under the bus <laughs> in such a situation like this. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe you should throw someone under a bus in the sh in the in next series. Three. Yeah, yeah, see how they deal with that. Kill a celebrity. <laughs> you could go really like. Uh, It'd be great know, to have Limbit Opic. Yeah, and just throw him under the bus. I in mean, the first. F Farage, yeah. Johnson. Oh, I mean, they're queuing up to get politicians know, yeah. they could throw under the. I uh, bet. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, thing Because you could do a sort of, you know, the film The Game with Michael Douglas yeah. the day before. You yeah. could do a really extreme version of your show where yeah. like, you properly fuck with people's heads. And yeah, like, like really just, yeah. I yeah. mean, to be honest with you, in the Mark White episode, by the end of it, he was, you know, I feel like I've been through the mire a bit. I've been <laughs> in a crack den. Uh, I've been threatened with guns. And you realise that, yeah, for someone who comes from quite a leafy suburb in Essex, yeah. it's quite intense. It's certainly more intense than Take Me Out, I think. Yeah. Know? Well, depends. You know. Oh yeah, it depends who you hook up with and take me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some. There's probably some uh, horror stories yeah. from that yeah. as well. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. The strange, um, yeah. you know, the sort of sexual politics of what murder and successful. Yeah, no, of take me out. But okay. yeah, also your show, yeah, yeah. which um, is really challenging uh, sexual stereotypes. Yeah, I think. yeah, we've pushed it as much yeah. as we can. I mean, yeah. it's a very sexy show. I mean, no one would know that your character was bisexual, for example, no. <laughs> would they? <laughs> He's asexual, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I actually did get described as um, uh, Sleet, who sort of 
walks hand in hand with the celebrities in a very pervy manner. And I was like, I don't know, I've never thought of him as pervy. Yeah. But yeah. I no, know. I definitely Maybe that's just me ilking through. Do you know what, right? My mum, this is going off subject a little bit, but you said pervy and uh, you wear a Mac in, don't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. Well, my mum, only the other day I went to see my mum and she told me that she got flashed. I thought it was a lost art flash. Well, flashing. this is well when she was younger. Oh, right. right? Yeah, when yeah. she was a kid, and I thought, God, flashing—that was a thing. Yeah, it was it? massive. Like, why? Why did it fade out? Other than it's really horrendously wrong. But yeah, but I mean, there's other things that are wrong. I just think it's—I so, just like the idea of a guy flashing someone and yeah. someone going, "Are you still doing that?" <laughs> yeah, so nineties. <laughs> We've all evolved. You know, feeling why? really what self-conscious. Does, what do they flasher. get from it? Like, look at me. It's not even something they're. Yeah. It's I got. I remember getting, there was a guy called Mushy who used to hang around. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. I want to know why. Uh, um, at the local park and flash kids, um, and uh, yeah, but there was nothing really to show off. No, I mean if you had an amazing big penis, then yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm not saying it's right. Don't go. No, yeah. It's only penis. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only okay Keep in it that yourself. Situation. But do you remember in like comedies in the eight, 70s and 80s, like there'd always be a flasher, yeah, and they'd run off and we'd go. Oh, I'm bringing that back. Yeah, I've got I think I'm all about a flasher. Yeah. That's my next thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> the flash. It's, yeah. I like it. I like it. You should pitch that. I think the BBC would particularly like a show. Yeah, like I'm going to throw it throw it out there. Yeah, I'm going to make an Edinburgh show out of it. I just. Really so relaxed, lazy fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got like another thing. He's also like, um, you know, really good at solving crimes. Yeah. You know, so it's. I've, like I've done crimes. Maybe he's like, yeah. he, he, he's sort of, he's just really good with people's feelings. Okay. So, yeah. But, he, but yet can't ever quite get yeah. close to someone. Yeah. Because he's, the irony he's obsessed it. with the fashion himself. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I might pitch it before you. So, uh, is there anyone that you really want to. Um, Get on the show. Have you got like a dream list? Yeah, um, Tom Cruise. Uh. <laughs> I, I was, the weird thing is having an actor do it because we've not had that really. We've, okay. we've we, it's like whether an actor would preempt or they they sort of. It, yeah. I think it'd either really be a car crash for them, or or they they'd be brilliant. Or they they try and be they try and act some of yeah. their reactions and yeah, which I think it would would sort of ruin the the sort of genuine feel to it I mean I'd love like David Beckham or, or someone like that yeah Ralph Ferdinand I think would be fun footballers musicians there's a few out there a series of footballers yeah just a football special six episodes so they're obviously people you would like to meet but who would be a f- who do you think would be a I was going to say Gaza but the, you know the last no. couple of times <laughs> I've seen him interviewed <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. he might he yeah. might be the final uh, yeah yeah <laughs> You know, or maybe he's been through those situations. He'd just be literally not shocked at all. Yeah. Just, this is very. Just, this is yeah. nothing uh, compared to a, what this I've is been just a Wednesday. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, have have you actually approached people that you think there's no way and been surprised? Um, well, this series, we, there was like I, I was dying to get Chris Kamara to do it. I really wanted Chris, and he was brilliant. And Vicky was was someone we were really after, and Emma Bunton that episode was written really for him abundant so yeah we, the, I th- for me the weird thing is it's it's not the the thing you find out with it is the level of the celebrity isn't always relevant to how good they are mm-hmm. like it's it's how how much of themselves they're happy with yeah. so I, I think that if you if you're if they come into it so Vicky for example is very she, she is what she is she knows what she is so she's not she's not putting in a facade to be anyone else mm-hmm. you know so what you see with her she, you, you haven't got to spend too long breaking her down Whereas 
you know, sort of two, or two or three people we've had on it have been, you've sort of seen like that they're not happy with them being themselves. Right. So you're sort of a little bit like, look, if you just relax into this, but they're so worried about how they might come across yeah, maybe. Yeah. And that's not in a negative that way, that's just how this Some industry works. Some people just like that, yeah. Um, is, uh, uh, is there, have, has there ever been a point where you've sort of corpsed or... Because you've got a brilliant ensemble around you, yeah. great character uh, com- comedians. Yeah, Must I mean, be Vicky, Vicky made me corpse a lot, and, yeah. and then yeah, that episode with Paul Whitehouse was incredible. So, sort of, yeah, that really that. Yeah, well, you, I to, mean, you haven't had to go. I'm so sorry, guys. Can we just? No, do that? You, I mean that's the thing that I, I think I'd be out of a job if I did. I think <laughs> if you you go, it's the, the beauty of it is that whole show is essentially you're running on adrenaline. Yeah. So. Uh, if you start going, it's real, and it's that really weird, weird feeling. You've done a lot of acting. It's that weird. It happens in our industry, and it might happen on the most stupid thing. Yeah. It's never, it's never the joke. You go, oh, that I'm going to go here. This is yeah, always yeah, going to yeah. make, um, make me go. I mean, there's in series one, there was a bit that we couldn't use because Tom Sturton, who's a brilliant comedy actor, mm-hmm. me and him did a scene where he plays Sleep's brother, and uh, it was just me and him going head to head as as sort of brotherly rivals and yeah. neither of us could sort of keep it in <laughs> it was just constant I've, well I've done we did a thing together where you played a, um, a character and I interviewed you yeah, like yeah, a yeah. spoof chat show and you were really good at keeping a straight face I was terrible yeah it's yeah. Um, yeah, but is, I is think it something you're quite good at do you think I think it's just years of being a wind up yeah. yeah I think like that's the more people say that it's successful as genuinely as much of it sleeps a character but it's as close to me as anything I've done because there's a beauty to to pushing those buttons mm. there's like the scene with Deborah Maiden in the bed in series one is maybe the best my favourite thing I've ever filmed because you, I, you could feel how annoyed she was getting yeah so then for me if I'd started laughing it's just going to ruin it all and <laughs> that would have then yeah. made her laugh and she'd have just got but to really wind someone like Deborah Maiden up yeah in a very juvenile way about a fart is is the most fun you can have like that's 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 what's so a bit of a fantasy as well yeah (laughs) yeah. I mean it was like you know it was really certainly something ticked off my sexual uh, bucket list Um, but she's yeah I mean that's that's the joy of it that's what makes it such a unique show I think that we we, from a very early stage we were like we need to keep those laughs in if they happen let's keep them in mm-hmm. you know because it, it's great when everyone's on the edge of four and I think it's very infectious yeah but Jamie's episode was was the one you know first one we filmed last year and it was you sort of saw that when he went and everyone all the actors like Tony Way and yeah. other actors Harry Peacock are remarkable brilliant yeah yeah comedy actors and have worked in very but to watch those the shoulders of Harry Peacock <laughs> go in and if you could have seen the thing like the shoulders of Peacock <laughs> I love that book <laughs> it's a great book it's a um, so when you because I didn't do comedy live comedy for a few years from probably around 2008 to 2012 did, were you did you do live comedy? Because yeah. I never came across you. I saw you. your show in Edinburgh in probably in about 2000. You were in the little room, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I came to see you. Oh, wow. It's probably the year, first year I went to Edinburgh was 2000. I was doing the Free Fringe. Yeah. For the free, and I did a show where I played, it's very indicative of what became Murder and Successful. So I'd have, I played three characters and I'd have people come on stage with me. And uh, like I did one that was dating advice. Um, uh, and it was sort of very sort of like a big sort of a Welsh guy who was trying to sort of you know sort of Peter Stringfellow-esque and then it was just yeah putting like making having a laugh with people making them very it was very awkward mm. um, 
so that was the first sort of, and that was I think was the first thing that people probably it wasn't a big buzz, but a few few people had sort of sort of stumbled upon me. Can, what year was that? That'd have been about two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. I think and that was the um, first. So I'd only been doing little bits. There was a thing called Dougie's Sketch Night, which was in uh, yeah. uh, on Great Portland Street. So yeah. I used to go to that, and I used yeah, to try yeah. out bits and bobs. Johnny Fontaine was yeah. the character. And did crass. you um, do you? So you've been doing stuff with members of the public. <laughs> that sounds a bit seventies, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? That's a bit dodgy. Um, you have been performing yeah. comedy that involves members of the public in uh, from the start. And is that because you I think I mean you, I think just. In fact, when we did our little thing together, you're like, do you mind if I get someone up on stage at the yeah. moment? You're addicted to it, aren't you? Yeah, but I've been doing <laughs> that my whole, as dual jokes are most yeah. of my life. That, that from from for. From yeah, I always think like I did jobs that I hated. So the most fun you can have was I worked for the RSPB for like a winter when it was mm. an awful winter. There was no building work about. So yeah, and then as the sort of spring came, they had a competition for who'd be the first piece of something like a blue tit was gonna who'd be the first person to see a blue tit. So this guy phoned up and uh, he was like, you know, I've just uh, I've just seen the first blue tit of the summer. Uh, of the spring, he's really happy with himself. And I oh, know we we had one of those about two weeks ago. Someone saw one. He went, That's not possible. <laughs> and no one else is getting any amusement out of this, but me just winding him up. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It, so I, did I, you did you not know you wanted to do comedy for a, quite a long time, but you just loved pissing about? Yeah, I think so it wasn't something you wanted to do when no, you were a kid. But never never felt like something that would ever be open to. I never. I've got n no qualifications in it in anything. You know, now I write. I, I, I do what I do, but. You, where, did, where did you grow up? What was your? Um, what was grew your up life? around Sutton and Croydon, yeah. so South London. Well, yeah. South London, Surrey, and I had no. Yeah, I mean, it was always. One I of have, by the way, I have the same problem. I grew up in a place called Beckenham. Yeah, which Beckenham, people go, yeah. oh, Kent. I'm like, well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's on, of, it's it's on the cusp. A, yeah, it's got. It a feels London, like it should it had be. a London phone number. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I sort of found myself being a bit defensive. I when think people if, say, if you're making excuses for those areas as well, aren't you constantly? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I never. I never genuinely thought that th like this would happen, that you'd fall into, you know, and it was only really thinking, well, I'll give stand-up a go and I'll try doing that. And then hating regulate, like regular stand-up, where mm -hmm. I was going up and just doing the same 10 or 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But you did it for a while. Yeah, I did it for yeah. years. And yeah. But then what I really enjoyed was, weirdly, like open mic or nights where you'd, you'd, you'd get someone up on stage yeah. and you piss about. And then the cat, you know, you you mess around with the crowd a bit, um, and that was the sort of stuff that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. it, sort of that was the bits that for me were that where you're flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, it's easy if you've got a joke you've told 20, 30, 40 times. I mean, it's not. I'm not completely. You know, it's if you can sell that. For me, the the, the joy of it was those moments of just totally. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I I mean, sometimes it's annoying when you've worked slaved over a joke or a routine oh, yeah. for months, and then you do one ad lib and the crowd goes crazy, and you're yeah. like, oh great, thanks. But then I, I think, just, think that, that comes. <laughs> what about the stuff I've worked? You know, my that comes down on. to because you there's a there's a le I think there's a thing where even now when I watch maybe because I'm in it and you watch people and there's a moment where they do something. Yeah. That, that then you'll see it for a year later and they're still doing that thing, but yeah. the moment you see that first the first time they get that joke. Um, and that moment is, is great, and that's for me what the that's what the best thing about our industry is yeah. that sort of you know that's what murder, I, I think murder is successful does. I think it, we, we we have those moments, and there's some great jokes, there's some great writers on what we do, and there's some some stuff in there that I could go, oh, that was written, that was written, you mm -hmm. know. But the stuff that I think for me always makes a show what it is 
it's, it's those moments where it, you know we the spontaneity. yeah and that's yeah. usually comes like Jamie when he said about the pigeon and the stone we we done 25 minutes we shot and nothing really had happened and then Jamie said about the pigeon and the stone and you're like well that's that's the f that we can have something with this yeah and it's just like you, you yes we've got four seconds <laughs> yeah yeah but that's yes. it isn't it <laughs> you, the amount of that people go there must be loads of outtakes yeah. Yeah, there are but there's but we, they're, we they're for, really yeah. depressing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually sleep like that come on for fuck's sake say something about fucking pigeons <laughs> um, yeah, yeah they need a bit of prompting um so how old were you when you did start doing comedy um Get the yeah 28 30 okay. yeah i was just sort of after a bit of a sort of I'd, I'd broken up with a girl and I'd, I sort of, I was at a bit of a time in my life where I was sort of... So you I, did yeah. stand up as revenge? Yeah, not really revenge, I just <laughs> sort of felt her. like... She, she generally said, she, she listed some reasons why I hadn't really sort of kicked on in life and that I never followed anything through and that I was, you know, and I was sort of essentially doing the same job I was sort of doing since I was about 15, 16 and I was 10 years down the road and didn't have anything. Yeah. So she, you know, and I, I was one of those annoying people that you, you must have run into who go, uh, you go to Bethnal Green Working Men's Club or you go somewhere, you watch a comedian. I go, oh, I could do that. And just And she would be just, just fucking do it then. And I just was too scared. So I just think that was the kick on. I just thought, actually, no, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a try. Um, and never, and, and to be honest with you, quite quickly, you know, no massive success, but I think I, just, I, I had nothing. I was living at my mum and dad's. I was 28. I had nothing to lose, really. So it was just throwing yourself into something. So, and I loved it. I loved the world that opened up and the people, mm -hmm. new people that you've met. Yeah. You know, it's amazing thing, the comedy circuit. It's a sad thing now, because I don't think it, it is what it was when probably I started and you started. Yeah, Because no, there was such a different level between the guys coming up and there wasn't, you know, it was probably pre-brand and pre like the world of comedy becoming such a massive um, sort of mainstream, I guess. So, you, so you, you know, you'd have your sort of Rob Nichols and your Jim Jeffries and your guys that were just, just there, and then, you know, obviously the hierarchy grew and grew. But there was a genuine, you know, and I sort of now go and watch gigs or, or looking at coming back into it and doing bits again. That's this just seems like the people up there, and then just everyone else is yeah. just it's like a, it's the rest scary. of the world. Yeah, the one percent. Yeah, yeah, the one percent. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It is weird. Um, I. I I always end up sounding really old on this show, but uh, having been doing it for 20 years almost, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so, it seems harder than it ever was. Yeah, you know? I think it is. I think it is. I, I, I think if you're coming up now, and if you're starting out now, it's, you've really got to have that little something special. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that takes time. And you know, as I know, it's like Murder and Successful is not the first thing I've written and the first thing I've done. Brought up the BBC and went. I've got this. I've got loads of failure. You loads can, of stuff. Doesn't matter. I'm still bitter and annoyed <laughs> with you for having a TV show. <laughs> I don't care if you pitched one before. Uh, I've pitched about thirty. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. pitching, pitching. I love pitching. Do you? That's my favourite thing. Would you pitch even if you weren't in the business, just for like a hobby? Um, I mean, how much do you love it? I, 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 I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, if if someone let me have a job where <laughs> I just turned up and pitched things, I think I'd have gone tried out the apprentice if I hadn't. Can you pitch something when you don't believe in it? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my problem is that I'm too connected to don't my always real believe feelings. in it. You've always got to believe. Yeah. Never be. I've never been in a position where I've pitched any show that I didn't think this could be so amazing. I sound like uh, Taylor Swift now. I, I, I always believe, man. I have. She's a massive inspiration in my yeah. life. <laughs> I, I listened to, before every gig I used to do. I used to listen to Leona Lewis. 
Yeah? Yeah, it gave me that oomph I needed. What, uh, bleeding love? Oh, a moment like this. There we go. A moment Some like this? Some people wait a lifetime. Oh, Christ, For a yeah. moment. You mean the actual... Yeah, man, the song that... Yeah, winners. That, was, that, was, that song got me through yeah? every early gig I did. You were a surprise. Yeah, you're full mate. Of if, if 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 I get up every any day and I yeah. feel I don't feel 100, percent if you, if you get up, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I don't. That's the difference, <laughs> right? You sometimes sleep. I just lay there just yeah. listening to power ballads. Yeah, right. If I get, you must have had days where you haven't got up. You just laid in bed. Not since not for no. Actually, I have. I went Go through on. a couple of dark periods. Yeah. In the last and that what I'm saying, was, the, the yeah. light that comes into your life, mate, will come through a power ballad. I, did, I had no idea Leona Lewis had that power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, man, no, that voice. Yeah, yeah. There's days that I genuinely sit at my desk mm. here, mm. and I think, God, what's she doing now? She gave me so much hope and so much, so and, much. And hope. what you're just, you're worried about? No, I'm worried about yeah. what she's doing because I'd like yeah. to return a favour. Yeah, I'd like to go look. <laughs> Well, jokes. maybe maybe murdering successful gets her out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So you never know, yeah, that's, Leona. That's, if you happen to listen to this, yeah, uh, check yeah. it out. It have, have a watch, you. and I, I hope <laughs> that for your dark times, I can do for you what you did for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice moment. Thank All you right. for that. That really feels like I've. If I see her in season three, I want some kind of uh, yeah, yeah. thanks for this. No, but uh, without a doubt, yeah. Hookup. If she if she turns up on set and goes, yeah. I had no idea about this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard about you chat, you and Dan Clark chatting, and I didn't realise I was so important in your life. So I, was like, oh, uh, I do like I do like to connect uh, yeah. people in the arts who yeah. wouldn't normally get yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you um, should maybe look into becoming like a celeb booker. <laughs> <laughs> Just through this show. Yeah, okay. Um, who else could we put together? Maybe um, what uh, Jack I mean, Whitehall and uh, the little cranky. He knows. He knows her. Everyone knows her. She's she's a great. The cranky's a good night out. Really? Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah, man. She is. That's the party central. Really? Yeah. Is she always the last one standing? <laughs> <laughs> is she going to my wedding? In a way, she was so ahead of the time yeah, because yeah. that was the first transsexual. Yeah. And in reverse as well. Yeah. The way you know, way before I people only just were found out, before I we even knew about LGBT. I, you know, I only found out really, really recently that that wasn't. That that was a, a, just a little guy. I thought for a long time it was Warwick Davis. So are you, <laughs> we're we're wandering in some dangerous territory here. Oh, you brought us here. <laughs> um, so, what kind of stuff did you when before you got into comedy? What was it that you used to like watching and what? think, oh man, I'd love to do that. Like whether it was on TV or films or um, oh, obviously you got. Um, you know, sort of the crankies. The crankies. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be the big, the big brother. <laughs> the big guy. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Well, um, yeah, they were brother and brother and brother. Anyway, yeah, we've yeah, gone back there. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a really yeah. twisted um, uh, little. You act should, you got you there, should maybe it? start a little podcast about yeah. the crankies. Yeah. Um, hey, we should get my producers in the room. We should get the crankies in. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We we have Jimmy Cranky and Leona Lewis next series, yeah. um, <laughs> if we do one. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of gangsterish films, Goodfellas and, and stuff like yeah. that was was stuff that was uh, I loved anything Tarantino. Um, but yeah, then musicals and yeah, I like a musical. You like a musical? I love a musical. What, yeah. What's your favourite musical? Hairspray, which we get onto now. Well, yeah. there's a segue for uh, you. Yeah, I, I, think I wasn't going to ask you <laughs> yet, but you, no, no, you, no, no, you got no. That. It's my favourite musical. Uh, you're talking about so this is we every week we do a, uh, a we ask our guests to do a uh, pick a guilty pleasure, and that can be a film that they know is shit, 
mm -hmm. but they love, yeah. or they think is actually really great but just misunderstood. Which camp does that fit? Um, I think it's amazing. I think it's a, You're uh, talking about the original, yeah, right? yeah, the John yeah, Waters yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, uh, Ricky Lake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched it. What, when, I, when we talk about your lowest ebb, mm. I watched that story of Tracy Turnblad and, and was massively inspired. Genuinely, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a brilliant film. How, I think. You, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? Thirty-seven. Okay, so, so yeah, you're yeah. A, few, a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. So I went to the cinema to see Hairspray. Really? Now, not on purpose. Right. Date? Kind of. Right. I was stood in the queue to go and see. I think three men and a baby or something. Oh, you are. Well, are you? <laughs> I'm very, very close. I just turned forty. Oh, I've been yeah. forty. Thank yeah, you. Great. Yeah, yeah. thanks. You actually were really good me. for it. Generally, like oil of, oil of I, I was, a, I, I generally <laughs> remember like watching you, like your show, and yeah. you actually haven't aged a day. Oh, you, you still look, yeah, still yeah. got. You could go and play a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> I could play a twenty-one-year-old when I was thirteen. Yeah, I looked about forty. Oh well, look, this has made absolutely made my day. So um, <laughs> we can wrap up now. I'm going to go and <laughs> get a few pints. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I was stood in a queue to go. I think it was Three Men and a Baby or. Like one uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, a film like yeah. that, a bit. I was going to say, you know, like a man's film, like yeah, Three Men and a Little Baby, that infamous uh, action movie. And uh, me and my mate uh, met some girls in the queue. For, they were going to see right. Hairspray, and he he was really confident. This friend of mine, we were like eleven, I think we were eleven, yeah. and he chatted them up, and we went and watched Hairspray and um, just French kissed in the back. First time. Well, you and your friend, or you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were like, come on, like this, girls. Look, we'll show, we'll show you how you do Is it. This sexy? <laughs> I mean, we were watching a John Waters film, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, it was um, it's uh, no, we were. It was the first time I ever kissed a girl properly wow. with tongues. So wow. I don't really remember an awful lot about hairspray, other than it is incredibly camp and yeah, I full mean, of bright colour and sort of. A it's bit one of those films. I think that if you if you look at it principally as just going it's very camp and it's very but it actually it's got a genuine I watch it and as, as I was saying about Leanne look, I, I generally think it's got an amazing storyline mm. and it's, it's got an, you know I always just think it's sort of you know her, her quest and her to, to, to do what she wants to do it sort of breaks down barriers I find it very inspi inspiring when did you f how old were you when you first I saw it probably about 28 yeah 27 28 I would okay. literally would not the sort of thing that I'd yeah. ever and I think it was on like film 4 uh, of an afternoon I've just said oh, that. Did you just say of an afternoon? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know people still say that. Yeah, I mean, I've you're quite old school, aren't you? <laughs> old school London, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, of an afternoon. The, shop, so the shops had shut. This is uh, me. This is what you get when I, when you like put me in this scenario is me trying to talk well. So, <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, no. I mean, this is a weird scenario. Obviously, people that are listening to the podcast are not. We've filmed this one. So if you're watching it, you'll see. But we're in an office where yeah. Tom works. Yeah. yeah. And it is a bit like the strangest job interview ever. Like, it, it does feel like yeah. he, it, it, it feels like genuinely. I wish I cleared up. Yeah. Before, uh, and the guy that I write with and, and directs my stuff is is essentially a bit like my wife in the sense that he will be like, "Look how dirty it looks on there," and there's just yeah. rubbish everywhere. Uh, which I so you're getting up. it from both ends, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the yeah. nagging. No, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, either of them are nags. They're both, yeah, beautiful, uh, yeah, wonderful yeah. Oh, people. They're both very attractive, and, and you could do nothing without them. No, and on both accounts, I'm, I'm batting, you know, hitting far 
okay. or below my uh, above my station. Wh- who, um, who spoons the best? Um, <laughs> oh, my wife's so, yeah. She's, well, she's a little spoon, she's, yeah. You got uh, married quite recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what, three months ago? Where yeah. was my invite? Um, we weren't close enough know, then, were no. we? It's a funny thing, you know, where people always say, that, did, yeah. are, you, are you married? No. Right, so as soon as you get married, you will literally, everyone you bump into, for about, well, ever since now, so it's what, three, you'll, but, but uh, there's a guy who come, gets on my train in the morning, yeah. and he went, uh, so you're on soccer I am the other morning? I went, oh, yeah, yeah, he went, didn't know you, uh, you got married? I went, yeah, 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 it's around the corner. He went, where's my invite? And I thought, what? Like, you got on my train. Yeah, yeah what would, live, live what, up the road. You, what would the nameplate be, yeah, guy yeah, from yeah, the train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where am I sitting? I don't know, mate. Just... Wow, that is. I yeah, mean, yeah. that is. I mean, the the wedding thing's quite difficult though, because you you know, unless you've got shitloads of money, you do have to stop inviting people yeah, at yeah. some and number. My, don't my you? problem is that that guy from the train nearly got invited. I was. I'm obsession about. Me. I have an obsession. I meet people. I get. Like, I love people. Mm. You know, it's it's what my job is. And so I'll meet and I'll go to my wife. Oh, da da da. Oh, yo, this fellow. Mm. You know, cleans the offices at work. Luke, what a lovely man. Yeah. You know, he's coming to the wedding. He wants he's to do a speech. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, he's going to sing a song. So yeah, it's 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 a funny thing. You have to be really careful of what uh, it can spiral out of control quite easily. Yeah. But it was a great day. Good. Best day of my life, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I loved every oh. second of it. Yeah. I, want, I always worry, like, I don't think it would be I'm um, in a relationship and I love my girlfriend deeply, but I always worry, like, not with her, if it was someone else or or other people, do they ever get to the wedding and go, just, it was a bit, just not that, I think it was just, all right. It I was just, just think, all right. I, th- I think if you're worried about what other people think on the day of your wedding, there's yeah. a bigger problem than... No, 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 not what other <laughs> no, no, people yeah, think, yeah. but like does either the bride or groom oh, at the end of the day go... Again, I, th- I think bit, for me bit, it was... A bit underwhelming, really. <laughs> I, I, I mean, because hopefully I'll only ever get married once and it, yeah. I didn't have that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there must be... You could marry her again. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like every year. Yeah. This is getting expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it's, yeah, I mean, there must be people out there who think... Well, I mean, I went to a wedding last year in Cyprus and... Uh, 20% of the people turned up and it was pretty, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was a bit heartbreaking, really. Um, well, if you can have it in a club in Ionapa, yeah, then, you yeah, know, yeah. some <laughs> dropouts. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a you. pleasure, thank and you. I've, um, what it's like. Um, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank we're going to, uh, f- we're going to, uh, hairspray, right? Yeah. Um, was the original because I can't quite remember. Was it a musical as well? Yeah, they did yeah. a remake. Yeah, there were songs yeah, in the yeah, original. It was still. It was still a, that it was just still goes to show how much I was paying attention. Yeah, I was, I was snogging my mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're going to um, play out with uh, this song from Hairspray. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure.